to have you with us today on the Cover Crop Strategies podcast. I'm your host, Noah Newman, Associate Editor. Got some great stuff coming your way. Before we get started, though, let's share a message from our sponsor, Verdesian Life Sciences. At Verdesian Life Sciences, we believe that supplying healthy water and soil for the next generation is just as important as supplying efficient nutrients for every crop farmers grow. For us, sustainability and profitability go hand in hand. That's why we call ourselves the Nutrient Use Efficiency People. We have dedicated ourselves to providing prescriptive nutrient use efficiency solutions that improve plant uptake and reduce fertilizer losses, helping preserve the environment and make the most of your investment. Learn more at VLSCI.com or talk to your ag retailer today about Verdesian products. Today we're talking about a new cover crop. It's called New Seed Carinata, set to launch this fall in the south, and it should pique the interest of farmers looking to boost their bottom line in between main food crops. For this episode of Cover Crop Strategies, we'll get the scoop from New Seed North American Marketing Lead, Roger Retariu, and New Seed Carinata Communications Director, Colleen Shaw. So I spoke with them about a month ago about the crop's profitability potential and what growers can expect when it hits the market. New Seed Carinata is targeting Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, and the Carolinas for its debut in the U.S. So let's jump into the conversation. Here's Roger and Colleen. Roger Vicario, I'm the North American Marketing Lead uh, for New Seed, based out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So involved in the uh, marketing direction for Carinata as it relates to uh, the growers really uh, getting the interest in the seed and, and the value of the of the seed uh, crop to uh, to growers is how I uh, participate in this program. So, Colleen. Hi, Noah. I'm I'm Colleen Shaw, and I'm also based out of Calgary. Although I work at my home office more than uh, I'm in the office there with Roger, and I uh, worked as changed over from the global communications at New Seed over to New Seed Carinata specifically. And I work with all the regions on brand and, and brand representation. And um, also I work with um, communications, marketing communications um, with the end use customers. So with BP and, and on the end use uh, part of the program. So that's kind of my background. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. I know a lot of our readers will be really interested in this new cover crop, Carinata. Uh, if you could just give us the origin story, uh, how it was created and, and how it just came about. Yeah, sure. Um, so it's been 10 years in development, and we actually purchased the assets in 2018 for the Carinata program. So we uh, purchased uh, specific uh, technology assets, and with that, we've also recruited um, several of the developers' um, team. So we have quite a few people from the original New C Carinata development, or from the Carinata development team, on the New C team here now. Uh, we are in our fourth season commercial production in uh, Argentina. And uh, so that's really been our focus, having uh, purchased those assets. Now we're um, in the commercial development phase of it, and we're really using our new seed seeds business as the core foundation for the areas that we're developing in. So starting in South America with our team there and our developed business there, we have good sales team on the ground there. And and it's been it's been going really well. We've just started. We've just finished planting here in Argentina, and um, we're just wrapping it up now. And uh, things have really went well. 
The only thing I would add to that comment by Colleen is quite simply uh, initiation of the program that advantages in South America two or three ways. But most importantly, it was really proof of concept to that uh, and proof of supply chain uh, that we were able to establish what Carinata could do and establish a, a supply chain model of which now we hope to implement uh, in North America. Yeah, so if someone was interested in, in using Carinata, just how would you describe it to them and what are some of the, the benefits that could come from it? Big question. Uh, and uh, I'm sure Colleen and I will, will bounce it back and forth a little bit. You know, I guess I, I, I look to, uh, I've got my double screens going here, but mm-hmm. you know, the positioning statement uh, of which we're working on today, Noah, is uh, you know, do see Carinata delivering all the benefits of a cover crop with the added uh, profitability potential through yield and sustainability. So that's that's our positioning statement. And there's a lot in that statement as there is in most value propositions. First of all, it is a cover crop and has all the benefits of it. You know, in the time I've spent uh, in the, the southern U.S. states, data is somewhat old and you could probably have a much better handle on, on agriculture or cropping statistics than uh, than I would have. But, you know, if you're saying that under 10% of, uh, of the area is, uh, is cover cropped in, in winter months, and I think the last stats I saw, 80% of that were in cereal covers. And, uh, you know, whether it's oat or uh, winter wheat or rye, you know, it's used for, I guess I would say primarily for erosion prevention. You know, it's, it's, it's a cereal crop. It's, it's a grasses crop. Uh, so, you know, how much can a grasses crop provide back into above the ground biomass or below the ground biomass? And uh, when I look at something like a product like uh, Carinata, with its high amount of uh, biomass, both above soil surface uh, in green leafy matter and, and potting and below the soil surface in, uh, in root development, uh, I think it's... Uh, a substantial increase in the amount of uh, organic matter and uh, and soil tilth uh, benefits that uh, that are created. It just to kind of summarize one of the important parts um, of it um, that um, is is really to call out and to add to what uh, Roger just said. You know, it's really a it's a harvested non-food contract cover crop. Um, it's grown for uh, certifiable low carbon fuel, so that's its real. Um, kind of purpose and it's that those those cover crop benefits you know those soil benefits the cover crops have it has all of those as far as decompaction soil improvement plus others as well as it's harvested so there's a crop there's a contract and there's profitability in it for growers you're targeting the the southern states for its release is there a specific reason why? What about the South that um, makes that the target for this? The simple reason for the South is quite frankly, uh, as a as a brassica crop, and brassica is the same family as, as mustards and canola, um, it, it can't freeze. So it wouldn't do so well in Wisconsin in January. So as Colleen said, you know, we got to have the benefits of a cover crop but the potent, the profitability potential through yield. So, you know, in I hesitate to go deep into this conversation, but in the U.S. government's definition of cover crop, it isn't taken to harvest. It isn't taken to yield. And that's why we are very specific about the benefits of a cover crop with yield. 
being so we need yield and this plant you know can't freeze to uh, protect its yield uh, we really need to be below the frost line in the united states so uh, you know frost line basically you draw a line across the southern tennessee border and go straight east to west and you know that's close to the frost line so that is the the first area that we will uh, move into with uh, with cover uh, with Carinata, as we think it's best suited for uh, for those you know Alabama Georgia the Carolinas uh, North Florida and uh, I'd say the let's say the southern half of Texas uh, is really the areas that we see a, a, a great fit uh, and as well as the area you just came from that. Mississippi Delta is another area that we're targeting. So, so again, mostly because of the need for yield and the need to protect that plant through the potential frost uh, timings of, uh, of January and February. Back to the conversation in just a second. But once again, let's thank our sponsor, Verdesian Life Sciences. And they have the special message for you. At Verdesian Life Sciences, we believe that supplying healthy water and soil for the next generation is just as important as supplying efficient nutrients for every crop farmers grow. For us, sustainability and profitability go hand in hand. That's why we call ourselves the Nutrient Use Efficiency People. We have dedicated ourselves to providing prescriptive nutrient use efficiency solutions that improve plant uptake and reduce fertilizer losses, helping preserve the environment and make the most of your investment. Learn more at vlsci.com or talk to your ag retailer today about Verdesian products. Now, back to the podcast. I read that um, you're asking farmers to harvest the oil seed from the crop. Yeah, so exactly. Well, the uh, the oil seed uh, it comes out. Uh, you know, it's uh, it looks like a a canola or a mustard seed is is what it is. And yeah, that uh, the timing again, depending on the timing of seeding. Uh, harvest would be sometime in that uh, as early as February, as late as into April uh, would be the harvest timing. Yeah. Uh, so this past February 1st, we had a big announcement of where we announced an offtake and market development agreement with uh, BP. And um, really what that does is that really gives, you know, that security of end use market to to take the product that um, the growers are able to produce and harvest. So we've got we've got that secure end use uh, end use customer for the contracts. So uh, when no when you ask kind of uh, you know what do you do with the yield? So because of the uh, the BP offtake agreement and uh, and that it's uh, you know the, the secondary reason where again the grower will get all the benefits of a cover crop, but now. Uh, we have an organization that uh, is looking to uh, purchase the end-use product and utilize it for, and probably in a better statement for it, but renewable fuel usages. And with some of the standards, and again, it's beyond my depth of knowledge a little bit, but in essence, it's that food versus fuel debate. So in order to maximize the revenue opportunity for growers, this can't replace a food crop. So that's the other reason why we look at it as a, a cover cropping opportunity grown over the winter months where normally a food, it is not replacing a food crop. Is that said close enough, Colleen, or do you need to? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a non-food oil seed, so it's, it's high in the uric acid, so it's not 
palatable for one thing, but then it's also grown between primary crops to not displace any any main crops for growers or for for people at large. And just another thing to kind of add to that on the end use part of it um, is is that um, that low carbon, it's really that low certifiable low carbon fuel market that we're uh, focused on and focused on serving. Um, it's um, because you know the it's a, it reduces emission or it reduces carbon on a few levels. So the first is that it is um, or it, it can be a replacement for fossil fuels. We've been listed by ICAO as um, equivalent GHG savings to waste and used cooking oil. So that's your hot, you know, kind of your highest level of of GHG savings for for this kind of feeds or for the similar feedstocks. And uh, so it's it's that that low carbon part of it, and part of that low carbon story is the the crop itself. You know, it it not only does it replace fossil fuels as for energy. You know, it also like other you know for crops, it sequesters uh, carbon from the air and does a really uh, efficient job of uh, transferring it to to restore soil carbon. Um, so that's you know the other layers of of its carbon savings, um, as well as our program. Uh, really, it identifies and then rewards sustainable farming practices. So uh, lower nitrogen use, no-till, you know, those kinds of common practices that also keep the carbon in the soil and uh, is part of that whole carbon savings, GHG savings, as companies like BP and um, and governments and uh, around the world, you know, reach for those net zero targets. Um, you know, this is a feedstock that is is available uh, today to help those companies and those organizations meet their net zero targets. So if one of our uh, listeners right now in the South is is thinking, yeah, I want to try this out, uh, w- when is this available and how would they go about doing that? So right now, as, uh, as Colleen uh, mentioned earlier, uh, we signed our, our agreement with BP in February. Uh, we've been working diligently since then to establish the, uh, the North American, the U.S. supply chain uh, model. We are uh, very, very close to uh, being able to announce, I would call them channel partners that will allow us to move the grain from farm to the end use crushing points. So I guess I would say stay tuned on that. And as soon as we do that, uh, we have uh, contracts that are, uh, you know, have been developed and we're just waiting for uh, delivery locations and, the, and a few of those details. Uh, before we put grower uh, contracts in front of growers. So it is our hope that we will have uh, contracts in front of growers in the next 30 to 60 days for sure. And uh, with those contracts, we'll follow through the, uh, you know, the, the pricing, delivery, and, uh, and seed availability options. Anything else you want to add to let our listeners know or, or what excites you most about Carinata? Really exciting opportunity. It's an ex- exciting opportunity for for growers, uh, for our industry partners, for new seed, and for our end use customer uh, BP. You know, this is a ready now solution um, that uh, is there to help growers and to there to help in, in the in the fight against climate change too. Yeah, I think sustainability being you know a huge catchword in uh, today, no matter where you go. And uh, bringing a next level of sustainability to farming, I look at those winter acres, all those benefits that cover crops can bring, the low adoption rate for cover crops, the relatively low adoption rate for cover crops, and you know, trying to peel the, the layers of the onion, to use that overused analogy, 
uh, on why there is uh, such low use of cover uh, cover crop acres, especially with their benefits in uh, in soil and carbon and erosion. Um, uh, I just think this is a, a new exciting opportunity for growers to get that two pronged benefit, uh, all those cover crop benefits as well, as well as some profitability through yield, which really equates to a longer sustainability. I, I just think it's a, a perfectly timed for farmers and for the marketplace today. And uh, we really are excited about uh, uh, expanding the opportunity to those growers in, uh, in the South. Thanks to Roger and Colleen for joining us this week on Cover Crop Strategies. Before we go, let's thank our sponsor, Verdesian Life Sciences. At Verdesian Life Sciences, we believe that supplying healthy water and soil for the next generation is just as important as supplying efficient nutrients for every crop farmers grow. For us, sustainability and profitability go hand in hand. That's why we call ourselves the Nutrient Use Efficiency People. We have dedicated ourselves to providing prescriptive nutrient use efficiency solutions that improve plant uptake and reduce fertilizer losses, helping preserve the environment and make the most of your investment. Learn more at VLSCI.com or talk to your ag retailer today about Verdesian products. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this week. Thanks again for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the Cover Crop Strategies podcast. And until next time, remember, for all things cover crops, head to CoverCropStrategies.com.